0: The Flight Deck is made possible by the generous donors supporting the Museum of Flight. You can support this podcast and the Museum of Flight's other initiatives across the United States and the world by visiting museumofflight.org podcast. Hello and welcome to the Flight Deck, the podcast of the Museum of Flight in Seattle, Washington. I am your host, Sean Mobley. Yi Soyun is a volunteer here at the Museum of Flight, but if you're a fan of space, then you'll probably know her better as the first Korean in space. She recorded an oral history at the Museum of Flight, and two parts of this oral history really caught my attention, so much so that this will be the Flight Deck's first two-part episode. In this first episode, Yi Soyun spoke with the interviewer, Jeff Nunn, a familiar voice to our regular listeners about her college career and how she ended up in her field i should note that this was recorded in a relatively big room uh, in the Simone space gallery which does play with the acoustics a little bit so be aware that there just might be some sound oddities but nothing too distracting to set the stage a little before starting the clip soyun started her college career in the late 1990s at the Korea Advanced Institute of Science and Technology, or KAIST, as she refers it to in the oral history, studying industrial design, of all things. But like many a college student, she found that her initial major was not quite the fit she expected. So she found herself without a major. In this excerpt, she talks about finding your way when you feel lost in academia, how cultural understandings in Korea about women shaped her career, and how doing the things you don't want to do can sometimes open the door to literally reach for the stars. When you reached KAIST, you Mm -hmm. studied mechanical engineering.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, when I applied to KAIST for the first time, Mm -hmm. I chose industrial design. Not mechanical engineering, because I love drawings and artworks and all the DIy things I love it, and I believe I'm talented in drawing and designing and there's one of my best friends still now. she also applied for industrial design together with me, and we are both failed, so I was not alone. She was the kind of best of best friends of mine because even we failed together so and she apply industrial design again in a year. And then those in year, we training together, study together, and then I keep compare my skill with her. And in the middle of the night, and she just nodding and then sleeping and then wake up and drawing something. So cool. Her design was uh, incredible. But I drew it again and again and again. My drawing is a uh, total dirty. It's not good at all. So I realized that it's not proportional to that. For You should have a special skill for that. So, wow, to go to the art school, maybe I should have a special skill, but I'm not that kind of person because whenever I compare with my friends, my drawing is always taking triple fourth time more, but quality is always worse. And she just, <laughs> so cool. And then I better not go there. It cannot be my real job. And then I was total kind of chaotic. What should I do next? I I lose all my goals. And so I didn't choose any major at all when I applied for KAIST. And KAIST, a really good part is that if you really want to go to the engineering school, any engineering school, you don't have to pick the major. And once you got an admission, you take the basic course like calculus and physics and everything, and then you can think of it and you pick the major later. I think that is incredible things for the high school students because most of the high school students doesn't know what the major it is. They just forced to pick it and they cannot help to picking it without knowing it. So I just be the group of the people who doesn't know what to do <laughs> even if my friends go to the industrial design department. The huge group. I was so surprised more than Our whole classmate was around uh, 500 or 600 at the time, but more than 300 was getting admission without picking the major. Mm -hmm. So we studied together physics and math and everything. And then finally, we have a due date. We should pick until that day. I have no idea. So my action is I put the huge paper on my dorm room floor, and I list up all the department names and then I eliminate least favorite things. So industrial designing, of course, I already missed the chance, because especially art school, you should start from the first, so miss it. And computer science, oh my god, I'm not good at computer at all. I'm still allergic with the computer, so eliminate. And what else? Yeah, and physics, of course, is too serious, (laughs) not cool at all. Mathematics, I love math, but when I entered to the college, I realized that I love arithmetic, not the math. Mm. <laughs> so math is much more complicated, and then I cannot understand higher level of the math, so math eliminated. So all the basic science eliminated, because it doesn't look cool for me. Mm. And eliminate, eliminate, and then sometimes two departments and then compete with each other. OK, I better let you go, and then that one is better. So I just have some kind of tournament on the paper with them and then finally I have a final three it's a uh, civil engineering mechanical engineering and material science material science seems kind of general more like and than any other thing and the material science seems like more basic so whatever engineering career you take material science could help you to go there because whatever you want to build you should have a material so seems kind of safe for me And civil engineering, mechanical engineering, why they survive until the end? Because I love building something. I love hardware. So they survive until. And I cannot pick either of one. And I call my mom. and, Mom, I have three finalists. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? My mom even never goes to the high school. How can she help me? But she just have a feeling of the name. So mom, I have a material science and mechanical engineering and civil engineering but when my mom heard about civil engineering she's just thinking about construction area because civil engineering is more like a construction site as a general public even if civil engineering itself is really sexy so mom said "Suyan, you're a girl i don't want you to have a helmet and has a kind of construction booth and then fighting something it doesn't look good for you and then i know you're a you doesn't look like girls at all but i don't want you to be the really really guy and she just eliminated civil engineering so, Oh, thank you, mom. And I can see eliminated one. And then finally, I have a material science and mechanical engineering. You know what? So stupid choice. How many friends are more in there? I just think about it. There's only one of my friends. Because as I told you, I failed first admission. So a lot of my high school classmates, they are already in a heist. And I checked how many of my friends are in there. (laughs) And material science, only one. Mechanical engineering, I have a... Ten of my friends in the mechanics. Oh, that's nice. Then they can help me. <laughs> and then, even if I'm not that tall, even if I'm not that kind of athletics, but during my high school, I was in a basketball team as a manager, not a player, because I'm not good at play. but I love basketball and baseball. <laughs> Cannot help it, because I was a basketball team, I love baseball, it means all of them are guys, and they are all going to the mechanical engineering. It's- It doesn't have any problem at all. And then more than 90% of my friends because of science high school, and then I played a Taekwondo. So 99% of my friends are guys and males, and they love mechanical engineering more than the boring material science. (laughs) So that's it, I just pick it. So it's not logical at all, it's not rational at all, but I just go there, but thank God. I was not the person who is good at mechanical engineering because my choice was not logical. But once I get in and study, I realize that I love it. And I really appreciate my dad also because my dad was not uh, good at the financial, taking care of the whole family, including me and my brother and sister, and also my grandma, my mom's mother lived together, a small little house. So he should take care of everything. So we don't have a plumber. We don't have any money to hire a plumber. So my dad fixed everything and he fixed all the boilers and all the electronics. And Because I'm my eldest, I always help him because my mom and grandma taking care of the baby brothers. And he was almost mechanics. I bet if he were born again around the 2000, not 1940 in Korea, he would be an engineer. But to take care of the family, being a caller in a bank, is the most, sta- most stable job in Korea at the time. And he has uh, several siblings, and uh, his mom and dad was not that good at all. His mom passed away all the time. His dad was alcoholic. So he was kind of like a person who taking up the whole family. Cannot help to be a caller in a bank. But thank God, his gene and DNA come through me. And we fix my bicycle together. We fix our boiler together. And we yelling each other to finding the solution. And even at the time, I didn't know that I love mechanical engineering. But... After graduate, undergrad, I realized, wow, that's the whole things come together and then synergize each other and it made me mechanical engineer. So that, that was a really incredible moment. So then when you went on
0: to start studying for your PhD, mm-hmm. you shifted your yeah, focus right. and can you talk a little bit about that decision? And
1: yeah. So, oh my God, you make me feel so interesting because whole my life is a kind of avoiding the hurdles. <laughs> Not the making something but the avoiding the hurdle. So I went to the mechanical engineering department and I love mechanical engineering, but I love a building thing, making thing, but I don't like the mathematics simulation. I'm not good at the imaginary number and then crazy calculus equation. I realized that, oh my God, I love a hardware simulation, but I don't like the software simulation to calculate everything. And what should I do? Because I really want to go to the graduate school. Fluidic dynamics, all math, so eliminate. <laughs> and solid dynamics and all the material things. Around the 1990s, they always do the simulation with the computer. But as already told you, I I don't like the computer. I don't like the programming, so eliminate. And have several labs in Kais to survive. Is one of them is a micro motion lab. Mm-hmm. And in those micro motion lab, professor told me like. You know what, students, because technology is still developing. So we have a really good tool to simulate all the macro stuff. But there's no good tool and simulation tool for the micro stuff. So if you really want to do a micro machine, you always should make it first. And all the things are more like empirical rather than a simulation. That's so fascinating to me. So, wow, then I don't, have to pre- I don't have to do the programming. I don't have to do the math. I just want to build right away. That's really cool. So, I joined the Micro Machine Lab and then go there. And at the time, we had a kind of inkjet printer and an acceleration sensor in the automobile. So, it was a huge boom around the 2000s. So one of the kind of popular lab in a mechanical engineering, because around the 2000, all the stems going down and boring math and science, physics going down. But machine looks really cool because Intel comes up at the time, IBM comes up, and then all the micromachine semiconductor looks really shiny and sexy. Even if I'm not an electrical engineering, but I could be more closer to them. And uh, many of the mechanical engineering students, also they don't want to look like a engine stuff. They don't want to be the kind of welding thing. So a lot of students join the micro lab. It's a huge competing. So to pick the two master students, there's a 16 students applied. I was one of them only girls, and we should have an interview and kind of thing. Luckily, he picked me so he told me and then warning me, like, so you know what? We, I've never had a female students, so I feel a little afraid. But there is no reason to cut you out, so I really want to try out with you. And then I joined the lab, and whole guys, and, and no women at all, they are not accustomed to working with the women, kind of thing. But I'm okay, and I love it. But at the end of my master's, huge bio kind of trend is coming up. There's a lot of engineering combined with the bio thing. So things, and then kind of artificial legs and arms are coming up and then AI comes up. And then my advisor said, how about the micro machine to go to the biological stuff? Because micro machine is really good at kind of biology or medical diagnosis kind of thing and it looks cool. But I remember I eliminate biology very at the first stage. <laughs> and, oh, I'm not good at biology. But that was really interesting. Also, it's not logical at all. But he, as our advisor, as a kind of leader of the whole research group, he should pick the several students who go to the bio sector. And a whole twenty of the. PhD students, master students, a little bit of the undergrad students. We are working together. I'm the only woman. He believes like maybe woman would be better at the biology. <laughs> it's more like a goalie thing. And he asked me, why don't you go in a biology part? I really want to have uh, students who do the biology application from the machine. And I remember I don't like a biology, but if I use the mechanics to the biology, it looks kind of cool. So he picked me and then I said yes. And then I really loved the multidisciplinary rather than a serious one. And from the PhD, I took all the, the basic undergrad course of biology as a PhD student and start from the scratch again, because I don't want to kind of fight against my advisor. It's a kind of avoiding huddle, so <laughs> just take it. Okay, I can try. And then you know what, that was a huge luck because Huge microbiome memes and mechanics are coming up around the 2000s. So wherever I go to the conference, everybody try to listen to me. And then my papers and my research is always kind of very first.
0: Thank you for joining me today on The Flight Deck, the podcast of the Museum of Flight in Seattle, Washington. As somebody who struggled with finding a major in college, Yi Soyun's story really resonated with me personally, and I hope that you found it interesting as well. Join us in a couple of weeks for part two, where we follow Soyun's journey from mechanical and bioengineering to the astronaut selection process that changed her life, not to mention aerospace history forever. This oral history was recorded at the Museum of Flight as part of our oral history program made possible with the generous support of Michael and Mary Kay Holman. Our oral histories are available to the public for research, and you can find more details about that in this episode's show notes. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with our episodes, and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you downloaded us from. You can contact the show at podcast at museumoflight.org. And until next time, this is your host, Sean Mobley, saying we'll see you out there, folks.